Moto Spot Show. What is up, everybody? We are back. I'm so excited. Episode 14. Man, this has been fun. I cannot wait to uh, talk about all the Houston rounds with our guest. He's been there for a whole week um, doing the residency thing. And we are here in Nashville, Tennessee for uh, the Moto Spot Show. And I'm excited. Huge thanks to our sponsors, Spot Network TV. They are the fastest uh, streaming service in the industry. So make sure to check them out on the Spot Network app. You can also download this episode off there. Also, Works Connection, Bell Ray, Motion Pro, and Scott Goggles. So huge thanks to those guys. Couldn't uh, do the show without them. So we're really excited. Like I said, 14 episodes down. And we're about to have uh, 14 more good ones. And starting with this guy, he's been in the industry for a long time. Like I said, he's been in Houston, changing tires, grinding. So that's why we weren't able to do the show on Wednesday. Um, just different schedule conflicts, but man, we're excited to get him on. It's uh, Nick from Pirelli. What's up, Nick? How are you? Not much, JJ. How are you doing? Dude, I'm good. I uh, just got back from South Carolina. Let me tell you, dude, uh, that Verb Moto Shred Tour was probably one of the coolest events I've been to in a long time. They uh, put on a really rad event. Eddie Ray and Jessica Patterson now have that facility called Next Level, and the track was gnarly, but the event was awesome. Like That was a really cool place. I want to go back for sure. Nice. Yeah, I heard it had a great turnout. Yeah, like I think somebody said 700 to 1,000 people yesterday. And then today we ended up leaving early so we can get home at a decent hour and get ready for the work week. But overall, it was a, a really good weekend and we were really, really stoked to be there. Like I said, the track was really fun and the dirt was a little different than what I'm used to. It actually got rough and rutted. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm a little out of shape for that. But overall, we had some fun and uh, running the new Pirelli MX32s, not to just blow blow you or anything like people would say but i actually did have a brand new set of mx32 mid softs and man it was a it was a good weekend for sure how are you though like what's uh what's it like back to being normalcy uh it's you know the we'll call it the the new normal since we uh you know by this point normally we've gone to three different cities uh but with the new setup as most everybody knows you know, we're going into a city and camping out for a week week and a half to knock out three rounds Right, um, right. It's good. It, it's a lot of fun because we get there, we set up, and everybody just gets to work and gets to race and have a good time. Not worried about, uh, you know, the next steps. Hey, I yeah. got to pack up here in in a couple of days and get on to the next uh, next city. Yeah, that, I don't know if anybody's done it that listens to this show, but tearing down after a Supercross day or an outdoor <laughs> is miserable. Pulling the flags down, pulling the canopy, pulling that big old tarp. Like, it's not fun. Like, it looks uh-huh. cool. Like, everybody thinks it's like, oh, man, I want to be on a team or I want to work in the industry. <laughs> like, that teardown is miserable. Dude, it's work. Yeah. It is it's work. Not easy. And, uh... <laughs> like, if, if I could go on a supercross team for a year, an outdoor team, it'd be the best workout program ever. Like, I would have good cooked meals from the team driver. And then I'd be working like sweating fourteen hour days, like it's it's no bullshit. Oh, for sure. So. Yeah, I mean we've got uh twenty twenty two, twenty three riders uh for the first three rounds here. So you you look at that, that's forty six tires uh minimum that we're changing per round. Yeah. Yeah, that's something new for you guys too. You like you kinda used to do it, I think back in the day, and then you guys came back in the last couple mm-hmm. of years where you guys started offering a trackside service kind of 
cool like to have that you know it's one of those things where there were some companies that did in the past and that with you guys doing jgr and with jgr going away you guys still stepped up and stayed, stayed involved so i can imagine that's been pretty good for you guys to kind of keep your logo out in front of everybody and you know you guys were able to get on the podium last week with justin brayton so i can only imagine like the pirelli brand overall <laughs> is stoked right now oh my god it was incredible just phenomenal sitting on the edge of my seat watching that uh 450 main and just watching Justin climb up through the ranks and then sit there and held it and battled off a couple of guys. And it was, uh, it, it was nerve wracking until he crossed the line. Oh, I can only imagine. Like, I don't know who was all there with you. You know, if Josh was there or not, but I just can only imagine like you guys just watching every lap just seems like it took forever for probably for that main event to uh, <laughs> get finished. That it did. That it did. And then, uh, then the phone calls, the, the text messages started coming in. So it was, a. Uh, just really phenomenal. I can't explain how uh, exciting that is for Pirelli um, to finally get back up on uh, on the podium. Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. Like, you know what I mean? You guys are been around for a long time, but, you know, it's one of those things where you guys don't have the biggest marketing team like those other brands do, and you're slowly mm-hmm. getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But it's like the thing I like about your guys' stuff is everything you talk about is what people run on the – on their bike. So, you know, there were some comments on Instagram and whatnot, people saying, Oh, Dunlop ran what they race. And I don't get me wrong. I, I love Dunlop. I've known Dunlop for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but those guys are most of the time running spec tires that the public can't get. So for you guys, it's one of those things to where a lot of your riders, all your riders actually are running the same thing that I sell to my dealers. Um, so I think that's really cool that Justin Brayton won on the same kind of tires that I can buy from my local dealer. That is a hundred percent correct. Uh, I mean, if Brayton came over and said, Hey, I want, um, you know, a different size MX 32 and we didn't have it, uh, on the truck right then and there, I can easily go to any dealer, um, that would have it in stock and pick it up because it's the exact same tire, just like you said. Yeah. And anybody who's listening to this and saying, Oh, that's bullshit. Those guys, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you right now. I thought it was bullshit too until we were in Ironman and one of my dealers was (laughs) vending at. Ironman National, and some guy from Europe came over. He's pretty good on a dirt bike named Jeffrey Hurlings, and he got a set of tires out of my dealer's inventory and put them on his KTM 450 and went out and went 1-1 on the day. So That's right. There you go, folks. If you think it's bullshit, I'm telling you right now, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's no, legit. <laughs> it's super legit. Yeah, and there is a picture floating around out there Yes. Of those tires with the Western Power Sports sticker still on them that went on to Hurling's bike. Yep. Yep. I uh, I wish we could post. I need to see if I can get that. I wonder if Jack has it from R3. I have to ask him. But So, yeah, if you guys are wondering how to get Pirelli's or if you're you know thinking about going to Pirelli's, give them a shot. Everybody I've talked to that runs them loves them. Or if people just are like want to try them, like – it's a good tire. Like I said, I'm not just saying that because Nick's on here. I've run, I've been running them for a long time. Um, I did switch back in the day when they kind of made their tires a little more complicated. They had a bunch of different names and whatnot. But now mm-hmm. it's super easy. You got your mid-hard, your mid-soft, and then your sand. So, And what's crazy is the sand tire, a lot of guys run even when it's not a sandy track. You know, if it's deep loam, like there's a couple guys that Loretta's running it, um, one and two, and Alex Martin said it wasn't even fair. Like he was getting hole shots like nobody's business with that sand tire. <laughs> that that's exactly right and i mean martin made that impression uh two years ago down at ww 
when uh, oh, everybody right. saw him. Yeah, when everybody saw him rock it off the line and take the whole shot, it was the MX soft that he was running. Sorry, that's dude. crazy. Like, yeah, and go ahead. It, it, um, yeah, we updated it from the old one. Yeah, uh, we yeah. increased the knob size. We increased the the side lugs, so it's a tire you can run uh, all day when the conditions are correct for it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's one of those things where even the mini O's, um, you had the supercross track and you had the outdoor track, and people were flipping and flopping through the the soft tire and then the mid soft. So, you know, don't be scared if you feel like you're going to have an early moto. Like, don't be scared to run that mid soft or that MX soft tire. It's it's a really good tire and it's built to do not only sand tracks but real deep loamy, um, rough and rutted tracks too. Yeah, and that's a that's dead on. Uh, if the the track is soft and you know real loamy first thing in the morning, um, run the MX off. Do your morning sessions like that, and then when the track dries out a little bit, switch over to the MX thirty two mid soft, and you're still going to get the whole shots. Uh, I mean, watch if you watch the first three um, Houston Supercross rounds, you'll notice that most of our riders, uh, especially in round three, they're getting the whole shots. They're getting just a gnarly launch off the line with our MX32 mid soft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Brayton's been up front almost every round besides this last one, and it's just that right hand corner was a little tough. But pretty much his heat race is the main event, and even you know the um, Oldenburg on the two VDF, like you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. it, it's really cool. And you guys have another team on the West Coast that's going to be coming over the Club MX team, and I'm really excited to see what they can do. Um, so. Pirelli is definitely on the gas right now, and it's. I think you guys are going to have some uh, really good success here in the Supercross season and, and the outdoor season for sure. I, I absolutely think so. <laughs> I mean, um, just to go back to uh, round three last night, Kevin yeah. Morant, holy smokes. He um, he knew he had it in his moto in that, uh, that first heat. Yep. And uh, for, you know, Unfortunately, he had to go to the LCQs, but when the LCQs went down, you saw him just launch off that line, and he got out front and said, forget this. This is my race. Yeah, yeah. And and it, I was bummed for him in the heat. Like I saw him make that go to that corner a little too far inside. I'm like, oh, dude, like you messed up. You messed <laughs> up. But like you said, he, he redeemed himself in the in the heat in the LCQ and um, had a really good race in the LCQ. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we've got um, – Team-wise, right now, um, so East Coast, uh, everybody knows we've got muck off with yeah. Justin Brayton and uh, Mitchell Oldenburg. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have uh, John Short from Bar X. Yep. We've got uh, PRMX. Cade Clawson is on there. Uh, Luke Neese. Um, and Caslow, Cass- right? Uh, uh, Simmonson. Simmonson, yep. Yep, Simmonson. Um, and then Ludovic McClaire is riding with him right now, uh, filling in on the 450. Uh, nice. He had a great showing uh, last night. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think the Pirelli name is, is up there, and it's it's getting, you know, if they showed tires at the end, like kind of how the MXGP does. Um, mm-hmm. There would be a lot of Pirelli logos for sure on that on that screen. You know, I, I kind of like how MXGP does that. They show the name of the rider, the bike they're on, and it shows a tire that they're running. 
Um, so I think that's pretty cool. And you guys dominate over in MXGP. But before we get into that, um, you know, we're talking about success that you guys are having and you're growing and you're, you're bettering the brand going forward with motocross and supercross. But for you, like, let's talk about your success. Like you kind of jumped on the scene. Um, I just met you, I think we're going on what, two or three years now. Um, and mm-hmm. we hit it off right away, just going to local dealers and checking stuff out and getting the the name bigger and bigger. We were able to get one of my dealers on the Pirelli Nation program, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, but for you, like, what got you into the industry and how did you get hooked up with Pirelli? Um, I've always been a fan of, two, you know, anything on two wheels, BMX, dirt bikes, uh, road racing. And that just, I was uh, in college. I rode my motorcycle every day to school. It didn't matter what the weather was doing. And uh, my marketing professor actually asked me one day when it was pouring down rain, she said, hey, hang out after class. Uh, I got a question for you. So hung out and she asked me, hey, what do you know about uh, victory motorcycles? And I started rattling off a bunch of details on it. She said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know anything (laughs) about them. (laughs) But I'm going to set an appointment for you. Come to find out that appointment was with the uh, PR firm for Victory Motorcycles at the time. Okay. Um, and they needed uh, a, a new person on the team to handle some of the work. So that got me in the door uh, and it grew from there. Uh, I did international motorcycle shows with them, um, worked for Cycle Gear for a little bit, uh, a couple different dealerships. And then um, actually my, of all things, Mm-hmm. My LinkedIn profile, a headhunter found it, and okay. then he reached out to me uh, and said, "Hey, um, I've got a an opportunity with this company called Pirelli in their motorcycle division. Would you be interested?" Um, and I paused for a second, thinking, "This can't be real." But I said, "Is this a scam?" You know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, "Yeah." What time and where? Right. And I uh, had a great interview with the team, and it's just. A, blown up from there coming on now five years okay so yeah i mean it's one of those things where you guys you heard the name pirelli and of course you knew who they were and you're like oh yes oh like this could be an opportunity of a lifetime so let uh-huh. me further this and see what and were you living in georgia at the time when that happened or were you somewhere else no i was living in georgia at that time okay so you didn't have to relocate or anything for the job uh, not to take the job, but after I did take the job, I did. You did, uh, okay. Yes, yes. My first, uh, I guess, position with Pirelli was, hey, you know, Florida is the number two state uh, for motorcycles. You know, California, of course, being number one. Yeah. said, we need somebody down there to go and uh, and visit dealers and push the brand and sell the product. Said, Let's go. Yeah, so like went down there. <laughs> yeah. Um, ran around with a bunch of your uh, your coworkers visiting shops and pushing everything, and yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. grown from there. Charlie Smith and those guys, and the crazy those crazy Floridians, Jim Chester, but you know, that's two day shipping <laughs> in the in the industry. Um, that's now right. Got, now he's got one day shipping, so now it's even now he's even crazier. Uh, we love you, Jim. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's cool. So it's one of those things where you kind of took a leap of faith and had a good relationship with your, your professor. So that goes back to what we talked about on previous shows. Like you never know what kind of opportunities are in front of you or who, who might know who or whatever. It's like, it's such a small world. It's just crazy. Like how somebody might be in a different industry, but they've, they know somebody in another industry. Like 
Um, mm-hmm. I have a friend who went from NorCal to SoCal, and they don't even they do like drywall. Like his dad does drywall, but they move next door to somebody who is high up at Kawasaki. Like <laughs> it's crazy. Like what are the chances of that? Like it's just stuff like that. You just never know. You know what I mean? Like Vermoto this weekend. We you know we had a really mm-hmm. good time. Me and Randy Richardson got to hang out all weekend and. Um, just that whole verb crew is really cool. So it's just opportunities, you guys. If you if you feel like it, you want to get in this this industry. Don't be scared to go five hours out of your way, or don't be scared to you know go shake somebody's hand or introduce yourself because it could always turn into something. Um, you just never know. So I like that. That's cool. oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my buddies still tell me to this day. They're like, you are the only one of our friends that said that they were going to do something for a career and did it. Yeah. It's like a yeah, passion it, when you're at a young age. It's like you, you really don't ever get rid of it. No, not at all. I mean, I've stepped away. I've done other things career-wise. But yeah. at the end of the day, this is, you know, for me, the motorcycle industry, this is where I'm happy. I get to, you know, hang out and be with, you know, all the people that have the same passion as me. Yeah, it's you, fantastic. Yeah, you get to be a part of a team that just got a podium at a 450 Supercross. Like how many people could say that? Like I, I put on the tires for Justin Brayton that just got on a podium of the biggest race in the world. Like that's pretty uh, cool. Uh, yeah. So I mean, you're modest. I get it, Nick. You're modest, but I'm a super fan. So let me have my glory here. <laughs> it's all yours, Boo Boo. You can have it. Oh, just, I mean, I didn't do anything, but I'm gonna act like I did something. I gotta go. Sell, I gotta go sell these things this week. Tire programs are started. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really cool. Like it's, it's one of those things where a lot of people, like I said, in, in Europe, Pirelli is like, I mean, holy shit. Like you guys are huge. Like you're in F1, mm-hmm. you're on MXGP four time champion, Tim Geyser's bike. You're, um, in the other, what's the other series? Um, the big racing car series over there. Um, I can't think of uh, rally like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Bogus who, is Lewis Hamilton's mechanic or um, teammate? He just did rally with Pirelli. He's like pirate, and it's funny they call it Pirelli in Europe. But yeah. you guys are a very, very huge company, and in Moto, it's like you're you guys have so much growth, like and so much potential. So I'm I'm excited to see where Pirelli is in the next five years with with the road you guys are going down right now. I can tell you what, uh, like you said over there at MXGP, we've got a, a full team of people just because you know everywhere in the world except here in the u.s unfortunately but we're changing that uh pirelli dominates uh right. you i mean here you can see that it's growing and fortunately uh i've got lonnie taylor lonnie drives uh our big pirelli semi that's at every supercross and motocross with me and then he and i uh change all the tires for all the riders together at all these rounds. So right. here in the U.S., it's just Lonnie and myself. Isn't that, that crazy? Handle- yep. Like, I was talking to Scott Goggles, and that's the same thing over here. Like, Scott Goggles, it's three guys. It's Dave Ginolfi, John Knowles, and Primo. And that's it. But mm-hmm. Scott, as a company, is huge. But the moto division is really tiny. So it's like that for you guys, too. Then, like, there's only, like, you, Josh, and Lonnie. But when it comes to Supercross side... And at Houston, there's not five or six dudes running around Supercross. It's you and Lonnie. That's it. That's it. Man, that's yeah. Nuts. It's the two of us handling it. 
you guys play that song just the two of us we can make it if we try uh, <laughs> uh, but no for real like that's crazy though and i think that's what a lot of people don't understand is a lot of these companies it's it's really small family or not family oriented in some of these bigger corporations mm-hmm. but a lot of these other companies are really small and nitpick like you know it's you and lonnie Pirelli guts Andy it got to Tim and his dad and the girls up front and a couple other people helping him out. Uh, Ryan at Noto, it's him and his, and they just sponsored the Rocky Mountain team. It's him and his uncle and his cousins. Like a lot of these companies that are on big manufacturer teams, there's not a whole lot of people behind the scenes. And I think a lot of times people get confused by that. And uh, it's cool. That's why I want to bring people on like you to kind of talk about that and give more insight of like, hey, like we're, we're out there grinding and we're passionate. So, you know, Give our brand a shot. Try it out because we're putting all our grit into this brand to grow it for you guys. Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a lot of work. It's long hours. Uh, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, our grid share is growing. And I mean, we're proving it over and over. One, two, three, four. We had nine of the 250 riders in the main. Dang, that's impressive. Yep. That is really cool. There you go, people. If you don't think Pirelli's are on the gas, nine out of 22 riders mm-hmm. are on Pirelli's. So go to your local dealer, give Pirelli a shot, and then email Nick and tell him how great it is. <laughs> um, well, but, it, if, if you jump on the Pirelli Nation program. That's what I was just going to lead you- into. Yep, thank you. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, talk about and, that, Nick. Go ahead, take take the wheel. Talk about the Pirelli Nation program. So Pirelli Nation program, this is uh, the second official year of us doing it. Okay. For anybody that rides Pirelli uh, off-road tires in their racing, they can sign up and be a part of the Pirelli Nation program. What that does is you will then be, once accepted to the program, uh, it's me. I'm the one that looks at everybody's resume and application. Um, and once accepted, then we have a group of vendors, uh, much like R3, Jack, he's one of them. Yep. R3 over there, Jamestown, Tennessee. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, it's R3 Motor Works. They got a track in East Tennessee. So give them a shout at R3 Motor Works on Instagram. Um, so yeah, they are part of the Pirelli Nation program, but go ahead, Nick. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. We're, uh, we're at about 15, uh, dealers across the U S now that are Pirelli nation specific dealers. So if okay. you are on the Pirelli nation program, you can call them and get special pricing that only Pirelli nation riders can get because we want to give back to you guys, give you all better opportunity to keep racing. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, and a lot of these dealers too, everybody like says, Oh, I called my local dealer. They don't have this tire in stock. Well, with the Pirelli nation, the requirements are as a dealer has to stock so many tires in a year. Mm-hmm. So this dealer will have your tires. And if they don't, they can get them and drop ship them to your house for you. So give them a shot, give them a call shop local. Cause a lot of these online companies do not offer the, or none of the online companies offer the Pirelli nation program. So get with, uh, is it on Pirelli.com or what's the website for the Pirelli nation? Nick. Uh, hop on our Instagram. It's okay. at Pirelli MX. Uh, and then in the bio, there's a link in there that you can follow, uh, and that'll take you straight to the sign up for it. 
Yeah, and I mean, that program's growing like crazy. You know, we try to go to Minio's, but unfortunately, there were some circumstances there that led us to not be able to sell tires down there. But mm-hmm. hopefully next year, that will be cleaned up. And then the plan is hopefully to be at Loretta's next year and a couple other events um, from what I'm hearing. So I think the Pro Nation mm-hmm. program is going to be really good in 2021 for sure. Yeah, and it's, it's again, going back to the same tires that Brayton runs or Hurlings. Uh, any pro that's on a Pirelli, it's not some spec tire. You know, just like we've been saying all along, it's the same tire you go to your dealer and buy. So when you get on the Pirelli Nation program and you order your Pirellis, MX32 mid softs or mid hards, uh, it's the exact same tire. So you are getting the factory spec tire, you can call it, right. from Pirelli every time you buy a Pirelli. Yeah, and that's really unheard of in our industry. You know, Bridgestone, back in the day, you couldn't get a spec tire. Um, mm-hmm. There was a Dunlop D-Fit 756, which everybody thought was a spec tire, but it wasn't. Um, it, you know, so Pirelli doing that and stepping up and selling that slogan of we sell what we race is really cool, and I, I'm really happy to have the tires on my bike and give them a shot. And um, for me, it's like, you know, I have to be unbiased because we sell all of them. You know, WPS sells all of them, and they're all really good mm-hmm. companies. You know, I have a conference call tomorrow with Dunlop, so – we are heavily involved with all of them. So, I'm, again, guys, I'm not trying to, you know, force Pirellis on you, but I'll tell you right now, the program's really cool. The tire's really good. So, if you get a chance, check it out. Mid-softs are the ones I choose. I've had really good success with them. Um, and then, like I said, if you have Lomi Tracks, MX Soft is another really good one. But the other thing for you, too, Nick, is the Pirelli Nation program is one of those things to where you guys are trying to get more involved with social media and do all that. So, can people do anything to help grow your guys' social media with the Pirelli Nation? Do they need to like tag Pirelli Nation or tag Pirelli? Like what what do you what does Pirelli look at when they're trying to get a rider on Pirelli Nation? Is it social media? Is it results? Like what kind of leads them down that path? Uh it's both. Okay. It's both. Just people being active, being uh I'll call it responsible Pirelli riders. So what I mean by that is Anytime you're out uh, racing or riding, you've got Pirellis on your bike. Uh, you've got on your, you know, if you've got your jerseys printed, uh, you've got, you know, all your decals done on the bike. You've got Pirelli on the bike on in your decals. You've got Pirelli on your jersey. Um, you know, you're representing the brand that you believe in. Yep. Um, and then, like you said, tagging on uh, on social media, on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, at Pirelli MX and hashtag Pirelli Nation. Yep. Those are the two that uh, that our marketing group looks for. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so that's good to know. So there you guys, guys go check out at Pirelli MX link in their bio. Be a good represent representation. Uh, I can't talk representation on the track. And I mean, do you guys offer like a like a fat boy like slow rider Pirelli Nation program? You guys have that? <laughs> I need that. I need that in my life. It's okay. You know I got you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, for you guys, the other thing too, like anybody that's listening, if your kid has a PW50, I will say this. I didn't know this until another rep brought it to my attention, but the Pirelli front rear tire is almost a pound lighter on a PW50 than the other manufacturers. That's yeah. pretty insane. Like I would have never thought, a, you know what I mean? Like you think, oh, that's not really a whole lot. On a PW, that's a lot of, lot of weight. <laughs> Well, and you can look at um, Minio's and then also Loretta's from this year. There was a little rider, um, Waddell, 
yep. and on the P-dubs. And, you know, I've heard some people talk about, oh, hey, the knobs aren't big enough on, on the Pirelli, on the, the mini tires. This, just like you said, that's a lot of, sorry, a lot. That's very little weight in that tiny package between the rider and the bike. So you don't want knobs that are going to sink and dig down into yeah, slow that bike down. the dirt. Right. Exactly. The knob weight pattern and height is set up so that that rider is staying up on the dirt. Yes, he's got plenty of traction and grip. And like I said, Waddell, he was eight seconds ahead of the entire pack in every moto that just, he finished just ripping like he's he's doing really good i'm good to see i'm glad to see mm-hmm. mark mark works for us and i'm really excited to see his son's success because like they were at mini o's and they did really well and i think they're going to do some stuff with ktm so i'm excited for mark like mm-hmm. he's uh he's putting that guy on the right path that little guy on the right path and i think uh he's got a bright future ahead of him for sure absolutely he does i could not be more proud of that little man I hope all the best, all the best for him. Yeah, for sure. And it's one of those things too. Like I was gonna say, you know, kind of talking about the knobs and everything for you. What's the mis- like the biggest misconsensus of I think that's a word of uh, tires? You know, what I mean, people are like, well, I'm going to Hangtown, so I don't want to run a. You know, it's a hard pack. It's a hard pack track, so I don't run a soft tire. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get that confused. Like the soft, this when the names are in the tires, soft terrain or hard terrain or you know for you so could you explain that a little better for our listeners to like what that entitles or entails um because i think a lot of people are confused they're like i don't want to run a soft tire because i'm not going to a soft track you know what i mean right so i think there's a lot Uh, of uh misunderstanding there 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 absolutely is that's a, a great point so with the pirelli lineup when it says mid soft or mid-hard, it means that that tire is intended to be run in mid-to-soft terrain or mid-to-hard terrain, depending if it's a mid-soft or mid-hard. Right. And then the same with soft. If it's the tire says soft, it's meant to be run in soft, uh, you know, loamy terrain, sand, uh, stuff like that. Yep. And in saying that, what differentiates the the three tires is it's not compound so the the soft mid soft mid hard those three names don't have anything to do with the compound it has everything to do with the tread pattern right the tread pattern yep yep. go ahead go ahead yeah the the tread pattern determines what terrain you know why that tire works best in a soft mid soft or mid hard terrain yeah, you guys really broke it down and kind of was trying to simplify it for the consumer. Yes. Yeah, like you said earlier, uh, a few years back, we did have kind of a uh, confusing and convoluted uh, lineup. So we like you're, we cut it down. There's three options. Yep. Soft, mid, soft, mid, hard. Yeah, and then you guys also have a tire in the book that's a 90-90-21. And for people that don't know, that is the FIM standard. So in Europe, you have to run a 90-90-21. But overall, it's the same tire as an 80-100-21. It's just in Europe, you cannot run an 80-100. So if you see a 90-90, guys, don't be like, oh, my God, I can't run that. It's the same thing. 80-100 equals 180. 90 plus 90 equals 180. It's pretty much the same tire, just FIM rating. You have to run a ninety ninety. Mm-hmm. So just yep. 
just a uh, heads up for you guys. And that tire is actually really cool. That FIM tire is actually really good. Um, <laughs> I like that tire a lot. But yeah, like for me, like I like I said, I rode the mid soft, and I rode a track that was hard pack, gnarly, rough, rutted, and that tire was great. Like I wasn't in no loamy, gnarly, sandy track. It, this place was mostly clay, hard packed, deep ruts, um, and that you know you can kind of put that. Their dirt was actually really good. You kind of put the bike wherever you wanted to go. Um, but I had a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of fun. I will say on a 450, though, I think I like the 110 a little better. Like Doug Doug taught me that. He says a lot of the Europeans run 110s because it stays in the ruts a little better. Um, exactly. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we're that really a- changed my mind. I was like, holy crap, that makes sense. Well, and we're seeing a few riders in Supercross do that. Okay. Um, and it's uh, typically your European riders. Yeah. So that's yeah, they're running going. That's kind of like the direction people are starting to go now is run a one ten instead of a one twenty. I wouldn't say necessarily the direction they're going. Right. Uh, there's, but there's for sure a few that, that are doing it. Okay, Justin Brayton one, uh, running a one ten or a one twenty. One twenty. Damn you, Justin Brayton. <laughs> He's American. Well, he, they, doesn't count. <laughs> he doesn't well, count. Doesn't count. <laughs> thinking about. Uh, the 120s. So we've got two uh, different 120 options. There's a 12080 and a 12090. Okay. Uh, our 12080 saves a massive amount of weight. So if you've got a 450 and you put our 12080 on there, mm-hmm. you are cutting roughly the same amount of weight from your bike as you would if you dumped a bunch of money into titanium kits for the bike really there's that much of a weight savings holy moly so i should definitely pass on getting titanium axles yes okay <laughs> Good i mean know. you can spend spend a you know what couple thousand dollars on titanium or you can just go buy a new rear tire and save the same amount of weight yeah i'm gonna go rear tire for sure yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't need titanium axles. It's just cool to say I got titanium axles. But let's be honest. If I bought titanium axles, my wife would take that axle and beat my ass. Like, <laughs> let's be real. Hope you can eat with that thing. Yeah, exactly. Have fun. <laughs> take that thing. Put it where the sun don't shine. See you later. <laughs> so, but that's good. Like, that's, again, this is why I like doing this show and bringing people on like you, Nick, and industry people so we can kind of learn about what's going on and learn about why Pirelli is Pirelli and why people should buy your tires. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, as you said earlier, there's other companies out there that put a lot into marketing and are doing a great job of getting the word out there. So having opportunities like this to speak with you and to your audience so that they can better understand the offerings that Pirelli uh, brings to the table is uh, a great help. And I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Like, I'm glad we made time. Like I said, we were supposed to have you on last week and talk about H1, H2, but like I said, mm-hmm. our schedules were of conflicting, and you were doing that in Houston. I was going to this ride day, so. But I'm glad to get you on tonight and kind of talk about. But before we get to Supercross talk, let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about Pirelli's logistics. So you guys have done three rounds now. Yep. Um, you had COVID. You had a shorter motocross season. So for you, mm-hmm. what was 2020 like? Um, you know, we all know power sports is on the rise, but it's booming. Inventory's tough. But as a company, what was your guys' senses going from March till 
now? Like, you did you guys hit the shutoff button in March? Did you guys say, okay, let's back it down? Like, what what's Pirelli's last year been like? Uh, I would say in March we were all wondering, just like every other company, it's like, okay, what is this? What has COVID done? What's it going to do? What does our future look like? All we know is, you know, we're kind of in a holding pattern. Um, but then we, you know, as you said, it all started taking off. And uh, we started looking at, you know, holy smokes, Pirellis are selling out everywhere because everybody was taking off. You know, typically they're vacation funds for the family and nobody can travel. It's like, hey, guys we got a dirt bike in the garage, you know, let's teach the kids how to ride. Let's go get a new one, uh, you know, a new 50 for our youngest. And we saw, you know, sales numbers skyrocket and just like the rest of the power sports industry. Um, yep. You know, everything was selling out and it was phenomenal. Yeah. Just crazy. Um, like nobody knew this was going to happen. No, not at all. Um, and then racing wise, of course, it stopped in March. Uh, I was on my way up to Indi- for the Indianapolis round last year when all this hit. Okay. It's kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to take a nap and you know, drive back <laughs> home in the morning. <laughs> exactly. There's probably a time where you're just driving through Kentucky. You're like, do I keep driving? Do I not? Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop here in Louisville and just wait. I'll wait for the phone call. <laughs> I was an hour outside of Indianapolis when I got the call. It's like, hey. It's canceled. canceled. Yep. God, that, that right. could have been not. Yeah, I can only imagine. You're like, well, <laughs> that was a wasted trip. Because were you guys coming from Atlanta? Where were you guys coming from? Was it Atlanta? I can't remember. Um, was it I cannot remember what the round was before that last year. Yeah, I can't remember either. But uh-huh. I knew you're close. I'm pretty sure you were close to home. Like it was either Tampa or it was Indy, and I can't remember. But it's I like you drove, right. you drove right, like you drove right by the house. You're like, I could have just went left, but y'all made me go straight, and now I gotta <laughs> flip a Yui and come home. Uh huh. So yeah, I mean, I can only imagine what everybody was thinking when that happened. But again, the the coronavirus is horrible. It, like nobody wants to deal with that. But for the power sports industry, I thank the Corona power sports gods because it's been amazing for us. Like this is getting more people riding. I've seen more kids on Stasics than I ever have. I've seen more. PW50s. I mean, I, I've been going to the uh, arena cross in West, Western Kentucky called Greenville MX, Western Kentucky Arena Cross, and they're crushing it, 450, 500, 650 entries. And it's just a wow. little arena cross in Kentucky. And they're an amazing family. The Cox family is crushed. They put on a great great mm-hmm. event, great facility. But it's just like who would ever thought, you know, like a little, you know, a little arena cross in the middle of nowhere in a little ag center um, would have 650 entries. Like, it's awesome. Like, it is amazing that our industry is just growing like it is right now. And I hope it doesn't it doesn't shut off. I am right there with you. Because, I mean, I, I remember growing up and, like, everybody was riding motorcycles. I mean, you go to a supercross or a road race, anything, it's packed. Everything's sold out. Yep. Yeah, I mean, when so. I first rode Pirelli's, it was 05, 06. And I remember just all the support. All the support, and not just from Pirelli, but from everybody. Like, you'd go do an event, and, like, there was so much giveaway stuff and so much people, like, vendors and all that. And then it kind of died. And then um, even, like, you know, 17, 18, there wasn't a whole lot of events. And then now it seems like everybody's just – this almost made people want to get back out. They're like, you can't tell me what to do. 
And now they're like, all right, I'm going out and doing stuff. Like now, because somebody's telling you, you can't do it. You want to go do it. And it's pretty funny. It, it really is. <laughs> it's pretty entertaining. I, but like you said, I hope it keeps going. And I mean, it's just going to take what it's going to take is people showing up to these, show up to the races, Yeah. show up to your dealer, keep buying stuff for your motorcycles, keep riding them. Um, that's, what's going to keep this industry going, uh, and oh. growing like it is, you know, getting new riders on bikes. Like you said, Stasics, Stasics and the, uh, Strider have been phenomenal. I think for our industry, I mean, that's the next couple generations coming up on, uh, on those. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this, this Kentucky arena cross series I go to, they do a class just for Stasics. And like, it's awesome to see these little guys. Some of these guys are <laughs> ripping, like they're jumping these things. I'm like, dude, that thing's going to snap in half. Like, but they're just going so hard on these things, and it's it's cool to see. I had somebody text me today. They said that they gave it to their son. He's two years old. Yesterday, he was on level one, and then today, he's on level two standing up. I'm like, that is awesome. Like, that is so cool to see how – and I think that's a lot of kids. Like, it's it seems like nowadays – and I don't know if it's because we have so much uh, more accessible to us or not, but – I mean, mm-hmm. it just seems like a lot of these kids nowadays are just picking up stuff so much faster because they can see it and then manipulate it or not manipulate it, but, uh, you know, copy it and kind of learn it a lot faster. They can rewind, watch it in slow-mo. Like you can pick up stuff a lot faster. Right now. I think now where before, you know, you had to put the VHS in and kind of scramble <laughs> and try to, you know, pause it at the right time. So I think now it's just so much more stuff accessible to us. To, it just is going to make a really bright future in dirt bikes, I think. I think so too. I mean, one of my favorite things to see at the, the Supercross races is the KTM Junior Cup. Those kids are so happy and so pumped, and they're just out there having fun. Yeah, live, like it, they get to feel like a factory rider. Yes, hands down, favorite part of it of the racing, yes. seeing those little kids and how happy they are. I mean, it's probably one of the coolest things to see. You know, when you're when you're growing up and you see all those, like now it, you just, you like, you appreciate it. But like when you were growing up, you're like, man, I wish I could have done that as a kid. You know what I mean? So it's like when oh, a, yeah. lot of these, a lot of people my age that are not having kids, it's like they're getting their kid ready for that. They're like, all right, we got to get, you know, little guy or, or little girl ready for seven or eight year old K team junior challenge. <laughs> so I, I'm really excited to see that program keep going. Cause you know, K team's a pretty corporate company and I'm glad they didn't pull the plug on that program due to Corona. Same here. And also a huge yep. shout out to Aiden Steinbrecher. He just won uh last Saturday or this last weekend in Houston. So huge, big shout out to the Steinbrecher family. They are an amazing family. I get to see them at as not as much as I used to back in the day, but um usually get to see them at Loretta's and Minios and they're all in. Like they are invested and I'm really cool to see Aiden take the win this last weekend in the K Team Junior Challenge. So congrats Aiden um on that win, buddy. Good job. But like I said, Nick, for you, um, the other thing that's growing like crazy that nobody would ever thought would be a thing is eight thousand dollar e bikes. Like, it's insane. Nobody can keep e bikes in stock, and Pirelli is actually oh. offering tires for e bikes now. From what I've been hearing, yes, yes, uh, we've got uh, several of our athletes were working to get. Uh, tires for them as well uh, because we do make a full line of mountain bike, e-bike, and uh, road bike tires. Uh, we Pirelli is the only company right now that is manufacturing true e-bike tires. 
So our tires are designed specifically for the stresses and all the torque that uh, the e-mountain bikes are putting out right now. Okay. Yeah, so it's 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 an actual, like, th- not a theory, but it, there's an actual reasoning to why you should run an e-bike-specific tire. Yes. Okay. Yep. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, you, so when you think about it, the instead of just, you know, the human power element that's going into uh, that tire, you've now got a motor that's adding extra pressure on it. Yep. You know, same as your your dirt bike. Yeah. You're not going to put a, you know, a cheap tire on there because you know how much power you put all this money into your exhaust and cams and everything else to get more power out of the bike. If you don't have, you know, proper traction to get that power to the ground, you know, why'd you waste the money on doing all the buildup? Exactly. And that, and not just power to the ground, but braking. Like somebody was telling me the other day, it's like these e-bikes mm-hmm. are pretty heavy. So you gotta have good brakes. And if you have good brakes and you don't have good tires, what's going to happen? You're going to eat shit. So, oh yeah, I fly down the get, mountain. Yeah, exactly. So that that's a good point. You want to make sure you have the right right tires for the right bike um, because it does make a difference. You know, stopping power, accelerating power, it all comes together, and that's why these guys make these tires and spend all these money on molds and marketing and science because they want to make sure they provide the best product for what you are riding or what segment you are in. Exactly. Heck yeah! No, that's that's good to know. I didn't like I said like this e bike thing is just taking off. I got a few dealers that are stocking them now and they're crushing it with it. And then my old dealership back home, PCP, they're they're crushing it. Like it's the e bike thing is definitely um, the future because it's a good crossover. And you know, there's other podcast shows that are sponsored by e bikes and they're they're crushing it with that pushing that brand. So huge shout out to those guys uh, in the e bike world for. Um, seeing the writing on the wall and getting into uh, moto. I think it's really good. Oh, for sure. I mean, I never would have thought that, uh, like you said, $8,000 bicycles would be flying off the off the racks and instead of the, the motorcycle next to it that you can get for almost the same price. Right? Like, who would ever thought that there would be bicycles <laughs> inside of a dirt bike shop? Like, yeah. I never, ever would have thought that. But, I mean, it's good. Like, I found out too from my old dealer, they're allowing the parts department to sell those instead of the sales department. So that's really good because, you know, the parts department doesn't always get paid the best. So it's cool to see those guys have another opportunity to make some more money because, like you said, those are big purchases. So it's cool to see um, the dealerships allowing their parts guys to sell those and, and get more involved with that segment. Absolutely. And, you know, along with that, then um, I know several of the dealerships are now getting. Uh, they have to be able to get parts and accessories for these bikes. Yeah. If you don't see uh, the Pirelli tires in stock, and this goes for the dirt bike tires as well, if you don't see them in stock, ask your dealer to bring them in stock. Anybody, any dealer should be able to bring in Pirelli tires at all levels. Totally. Yep. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you don't have it, you don't sell it, right? So try to if there's any dealers mm-hmm. listening to this, definitely try to have a few in stock because if you don't have them, those bicycle guys, they're just like moto guys. They want it right now, so very impulse buyers. So make sure to uh, at least try to stock a set because um, like right now with inventory too, if you don't stock it, you're going to miss out for sure. Absolutely. Same with Fly too. If you guys are listening, Fly Bicycle Apparel is legit. It's got all the bibs in it. It's got the shorts. We got the the jerseys, gloves, helmets. So check out the Fly brand. We got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline for the mountain bike line. I'm really excited. Um, 
doing some cool things with the Rion technology. So, man, the the bike world is definitely blowing up. But let's get back to Moto. Let's talk a little about a little bit more about Moto. So for you, um, we talked a little about logistics, and we talked about that. But getting back to like the teams, what made Pirelli kind of say, "Hey, we really need to get involved with Supercross and Motocross more. We need to get on Muck Off. We need to get." on club mx we need to get on jgr when jgr was around like what kind of made or who like what what were those conversations like that made you guys uh steer the ship into the getting back into the uh supercross and motocross in the states well the the biggest thing is you look at it at the end of the day it comes down to sales yep um you know making sure that pirelli is being used by um every you know everybody that's listening to this podcast right now and proving grounds are racing supercross motocross so when you know i was growing up and watching racing i'm looking at the racers like holy crap they're out there killing it they're winning championships what are they running what gear do they have what tires are they on what bike are they on and that helps you know riders make a decision like well if you know that rider is winning on that I've got to have that. Yeah. You know, that's the best, the fastest thing out there. And we understand by taking the Pirelli tires and putting it on top riders like your Justin Brayton's, uh, JGR, uh, when they were still around, that the stresses and the, the paces that those guys put our tires through just prove it every weekend how good they are, how fast they are. And I mean, at the end of the day, in order to improve your product, you've got to be able to be at the top level. The top level here in the U S is supercross. Yeah. You just kind of start, you guys were trying to start seeing like, Hey, we need to be involved more and we need to be doing marketing. We need to run ads like, and doing more stuff to where people are seeing the brand more. Cause right now in today's world, social media is huge. So if you're running one ad a week, and none of it has to do with racing. You're you're shooting yourselves in the foot. Where now you guys can run qualifying ads and heat races and main event podiums and just all kinds of stuff. So I think that's really cool, and it's allowing you guys to get more content for your brand and, and get more people engaged with your social media. Exactly. Um, as far as JGR goes, was there any talks of maybe you guys upping their budget and trying to help them stay around, or um, what was kind of the scenario for that were you guys involved with any conversations with core or was it kind of just they sent you an email to hey unfortunately we're just shutting down or was there conversations like hey if you guys can help us we can we can stick it out another year or two uh unfortunately those were that was out of our hands okay uh we were all very disappointed uh to see them no longer be a part of it uh they've got a great history as everybody knows with racing uh just a can't say how wonderful that group of people over there at JGRMX uh, was to work with last year. I mean, just every single person on that team was phenomenal. Uh, was really, really sad when uh, when we got the call that you know heard, hey, unfortunately, we're not going to be moving forward and doing this again right. uh, for twenty one. Yeah, I could see that because like everybody I've ever talked to or podcast I listen to, they've always said JGR was a fun team, and I've. I've had the opportunity to do some hospitality with those guys and they've been top notch. Everything, you know, 
to the T with those guys. Their rigs are nice. Their setup is not like they've always went above and beyond. So it's definitely one of those things to where it's going to not be the same with them around. And J bone was actually at that Vermoto shred tour this weekend. Got to talk to him for a little bit. And he was just saying, it's, you know, it sucks, but it's good. Good for him a little bit because now I get to spend more time with his kid. Like he was going to say, like I would be in Houston mm-hmm. right now, but I'm here with my kid and I get to spend more time with my kid. So, <laughs> um, it's one of those things where it's a double edged sword, but, I think overall everything kind of happens for a reason. And I think for him, this is kind of going to be another stepping stone in his career where it doesn't seem like he's going to be out of a job. You know, a lot of these guys seem like they got jobs. Mm-hmm. They got they either went to the NASCAR side or they went and got something else. So I think overall everybody's in a good place and it sucks to see them gone, but hopefully uh, everybody remembers them for how, what they were when they were here. Uh, absolutely. I think so. I know Pirelli a hundred percent does. Um, again, with a great relationship last year uh, throughout Supercross and Motocross, and then we've had a lot of uh, a lot of good times with them all the way back to uh, James Stewart, even. Yeah, yep, yeah, and the Yamahas. Yep. God, it's crazy to think like all the things they've done over the year, and they just were not able to pull off a championship. They just had like some of the worst luck. They just had a black cloud over them the whole time, and every year they just kept coming back and coming back and coming back. So. It sucks that they're gone, but if you look back at what they went through, they stuck around a lot longer than they probably should have. <laughs> they're not afraid of a fight. I'll say that much. No, no. They, I mean, they, they took chances on guys, and they've had a lot of success with, with guys that nobody else would take chances on, and um, it was cool to have them um, in the paddock for sure. So, But for you, um, what's the what's the plan for, like, for Pirelli? What's your guys' goal for 2021? Like, if um, you guys are again you're a bigger company so do you guys feel like you want to get more involved with events with COVID you can't do you guys want to do more Pirelli like what's what's Pirelli's goal for this year what what do you expect out of this year like that like your logistics or your um what's the word I'm looking for like not data but where mm-hmm. do you guys want to land in that how much percentage do you want to take away from the manufacturers how much do you guys want to climb that pot that graph chart this year uh, well, I mean, ultimately, we want to continue to grow over last year. Uh, we're yeah, already course. doing that. Um, need to get, uh, hoping to get more, uh, market more guys. Share. On That's the- what I was looking for, market share. Sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I can say for sure we have already done that. Uh, simply with, like I said, having nine, nine 250s in the 250 main at Houston 3. Um and then once we go, uh, we've also got HRT, which is Austin Politelli, um, Kevin Moran, TPJ, uh, going on right now. And then once we go over to the West Coast, uh, we've got Bar X. We've been working with Bar X for uh, several years now. With their, they are the Suzuki factory amateur team, okay. and they stepped up this year and are doing a pro team as well. So nice. we will have. Yeah, we will have uh, Bar X, we'll have Club MX, um, JMC, Husqvarna, and Shap Honda with uh, Carson Mumford once we hit West Coast. Yeah, yep. So Michael Lindsay team, and then you got Myron's team, and then mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know the Club MX guy, but really good, solid dudes that you guys are going to be working with on the West Coast. Very much so. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to uh, spend a good bit of time with. Um, all these teams 
speaking with them, working with some of the riders, uh, really, really excited uh, about what we're going to do once we hit West Coast. And that's not to take away from East Coast. I feel I couldn't be happier <laughs> with what right. our guys are doing here on the East Coast as well. Yeah, it's just that that curiosity of the unknown, right? So you kind of want to see what what to expect. I mean, Carson Lovard's a very well-known name that's people are waiting to see what he he's going to have because people were expecting him to do big things at Geico and everything happened to Geico. So I think Carson, and a lot of people are, are excited to see what he can do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, club and Mex with March banks was a big controversy when he left PC. So they want to see what kind of um, fire he has underneath them. So I think West is going to be really cool. I would say the East is a little more stacked than West, but I think the West is going to be really close and there's going to be some really tight racing. Um, there's going to be a lot of guys going for broke. I think, in that in that West Coast series, hundred percent agree, hundred percent. We don't say hundred percent on the show, Nick. Okay, we're this is Scott Goggle show. We don't <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Primo, Primo always gives me crap if I if I tell him hundred percent in the email or something. He's like, it's not hundred percent. It's completely or agreed. I'm just like, I'm sorry, Primo. Sorry, no disrespect. Um, but it's an he, affirmative, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> Stand up straight. Okay. Um, but talk, talking about those teams, like, you know, I, I've known Myron for a long time with, he's done the two X thing and road to mammoth and everything. But if you guys had a chance to listen, we had Tony Archer on, who is the mechanic for Chaparral. So if you guys get a chance, make sure to go check that out. They are, uh, getting ready for the season. And we, we had a really good episode with Tony Archer. So again, check that out guys. And, a huge thanks to our sponsors. Again, this show would not be possible. We wouldn't have Nick on today. So huge thanks to Nick, but also a huge thanks to Spot Network TV. Um, check out the app, Spot Network um, TV app, and then Motion Pro, Scott Goggles, uh, Works Connection, and Bell Ray. So check all those guys out. Really rad company. A lot of their stuff's made in the USA. So really excited to have those guys on board. But for you, Nick, do you feel going into this season – Supercross and motocross, do you guys are you guys doing more? I would say not money, but is your budget bigger going in twenty twenty one or is your budget kind of the same? Um, are you guys doing more tires? Do you guys do contingency? Like, what's that kind of like for you guys? What do you guys look for when you're going to sponsor a team? You know, because some of these teams want astronomical numbers, and you're like, dude, like that just doesn't make sense. Like, you, it's cool, like you're gonna be at all the races, but we can't give you that much mm-hmm. that much money. We can give you product, but we're not giving you that much money. Sorry. Uh, budget stayed the same. Okay, cool. Stayed the same, honestly. Yep. Um, been very fortunate that, um, we continue to get the support from our, uh, home office in, uh, Italy and racing. They see the value in Pirelli racing and supercross and motocross here in the U S uh, and are helping us to continue that growth. Uh, much like over there, they understand the value of racing and how it affects um, how the consumer sees the product and understands, you know, like we were talking about before, the proving ground. Yep. Yeah, they, they see that the market share in the U.S. needs more growth, and but the potential is there. There's a lot of people exactly. buying tires in America. Um, so you guys just need to keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and it's cool to see you guys getting involved with bit, with more teams and um you know, big level teams too. Like Muckoff is no joke. Like they have really good bikes. Um, and just mm-hmm. improve that. And I think nobody expected him to be seventh in points right now with how stacked this field is. <laughs> so, and it's only going to get tired. I mean, God, these races are crazy. It's just 
Cooper Webb, I think, was in eighth or something in points before the, last night's main event, and now he's in second or third. So it's yeah. just, I mean, these races for you, like, what's it been like, like with the stadiums at twenty percent and being at the being in the pits and doing all like what what has it been like at the races? So at the races, uh, I'll tell you what, it's been really nice to have fans back there. Uh, having the fans at the races makes all the difference. Okay. Hearing them in the stands cheering, yelling for the racers, uh, and then also being able to go through the pits. Fans are allowed to go through the pits again. Uh, of course, with the uh, wear a mask, social distance, you know, just do the right thing right. to protect one another. But you can be there. You can come see us. You can see Pirelli. You can talk to us. You can see all your favorite racers uh, and get that sense of normalcy. Okay. Yeah, I mean it, it's small capacity, but you still get the night. You still get the lights and the uh, opening ceremonies, and you get to still smell the race gas. So it's kind of the same, but it's not. But overall, the experience is still there. Uh, granted, I almost think <laughs> I was telling my wife the other day is like. It sucks that the pits are what the pits are normally. You know, you like you can't go over to your favorite rider and you know do all that stuff and and talk to him and get an autograph. But for, to go to the races and actually sit inside the stadium, it's actually going to be kind of nice because you won't have like eighty thousand people right around you. Like you're in a little bubble. Like now you get to actually go. It's right. like you're almost, it's almost like you're getting a private Supercross show. Like you literally exactly. It's like a private. Like it's crazy how to, I can't even explain it, but it's like you get to go watch a Supercross race with the best racers in the world. And it's like you're in your living room because nobody, there's not a million people around you like spilling beer or throwing food at you. Um, <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of well, cool. I mean, you can get a sense of what we experienced in Salt Lake where it was only, you know, us there. There weren't any fans. And yeah. when the motors went dead, when the boys were sitting on the line, you could hear them talking to one another. Yeah. You could be almost be part of the conversation. So for fans, like you said, even though it's a limited access, you can still come and have that feeling of this is my own private race. Right. Yeah, I think it's just almost you get almost more engaged. Like you're almost paying because nobody's standing up in front of you or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you're not going to try to stand in a concession line for an hour to get food like it's uh it's one of those things where I think it's almost a bet. Like, yeah, it's not the same. The crowd doesn't get as crazy, but the overall experience I think will be a little a little better this year because you actually get to enjoy it a little bit more. You will, and also you're going to see more if you go to the pits. I say that because it's really cool how they've got it set up. It's nice. one way in and one way out. Okay. So you just kind of snake, I'll call it snake your way through everything. So you get to see everybody from your Justin Brayton all the way uh, to the privateers that they are just busting their butt to do everything they can to try and someday, you know, follow the Weston Pike uh, dream. Right. Blue collar starting off as the privateer and ending up uh, with the factory ride, you know, getting the dream. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's that's cool. I didn't know they were kind of routing people that way. So, and like, I think you nailed on the head too. You're getting, you'll get to do more stuff inside the pits and not have to be rushed. Like, you know, when there's a thousand people around you and if you're one of those people that are claustrophobic or whatever, like, you're trying to get in and get out. Like now you can actually go hang out and enjoy, see things, you know, like the last one they had the pit bike race and it didn't look like it was overly crowded. Like you could actually stand there and enjoy it. So 
if you haven't got your tickets yet, definitely go check it out. Go see Nick. He's a good looking dude at Pirelli. Um, and have some Make fun. Make me blush. I know, right? Um, <laughs> go have some fun and, and enjoy it. Like, uh, like I said, we're thinking about going to Indy and, um, we'll see how it goes. But I think overall, if you haven't had a chance to go, definitely go check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Come by, um, ask for me if you've got questions about Pirelli's, um, you just want to have, come by and grab a coffee from me. Uh, I'm there. I'm, I'm always open and willing to answer any questions. Yeah. Like seven 11. We're always open. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about Supercross. Um, did you expect what has happened so far? Chase Sexton getting hurt. Um, Tomac going 14th in round one and then getting a win in H2. And then now H3, I think you got fourth or fifth. My computer's not on right now. But, I mean, it's just everybody's up and down. Austin Forkner, you know, kind of having his mishaps, which I, mean, I think some mm-hmm. people expected that. But Jet Lawrence coming out swinging as a as a young rookie. Max Volen running, almost yep. winning a heat race. Like, what's Supercross like for you right now? Are you excited more than ever like I am? Absolutely. I mean, that 450 class is just stacked. And then, uh, as you just said, seeing some of these newer guys come up and their their performances are amazing. Um, super, super bummed about seeing some of these guys get hurt so early in the season. Yeah. Because um, that just – seeing them not – not having them there takes, uh, you know, some of the good racing and the fight out of the event. And, uh, I mean, that's why we're all there is to see – everybody compete at the top level for the best man to, uh, to come out on top every night. Yeah. I mean, when the main, when that gate drops in the main, you just don't know what to expect. Like last night, no. just, I was no joke falling asleep last night when rocks was out front. And then all no. I hear is Lee Diffie yell into the screen. I'm like, no way. Like Cooper is coming. Um, and then Dean got in the way and there was a whole, that mm-hmm. last lap was just insane. So I can only imagine what the stadium was like last night. It just lit up, lit up. Everybody was on the edge of their seats. Um, I mean, for Dean to come out and uh, and make his statement, stand up guy. That's yeah. uh, that's that's awesome. A lot of respect yeah, for it, Dean for sure. And we've actually Absolutely. had his mechanic on the show, so if you haven't listened to that yet. Damon Cockright was on our show a little while back, and we're actually going to get him on again. But that was a really good episode too. So make sure to check that out if you guys haven't. We had Dean Wilson's mechanic on the show a little while back, so make sure to check that out. But sorry, hey, go ahead, Nick. No, um, I, I will say this: I had several people come up to me uh, last night as well as today as I was working my way through the airports to get home. Um, several people came up and they said. I'm pretty sure every time a Pirelli rider went out there, your guys got the whole shot. Like, what, <laughs> what's going on? Like, that's awesome. Dude, it's the MX32 mid-soft. That, that's what it is. <laughs> that's Available now at your local dealer. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, but, though. Um, I mean, that gives you almost enjoyment putting on the Pirelli jacket or putting it on the Pirelli backpack. Like, you have that self-esteem almost go up a little bit like that sounds dumb but it's almost like when you put that stuff on you almost feel like you're getting a different kind of confidence you know going either to the races or going into your local gas station or going wherever because people are like oh probably like you work for probably like yeah and you you almost light up a little bit because you know like the brand's so iconic absolutely yeah that's totally yeah. like i definitely respect that for sure 
What was the airports like? Was Houston packed? Um, it honestly, it was like it is. It was a normal day after the race where almost everybody you see first thing in the morning at you know six a.m. four uh, four or five o'clock in the morning. Okay, it, it's all of us from the paddock making our way back home or back to our training facilities. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's we haven't talked about it like that. Uh, if you got a little bit more time, but let's talk about Absolutely. the training facilities real quick. Like before Supercross season started, you were at Club and then you were at MTF. What mm-hmm. what's that kind of like? What do you what makes you guys kind of do your te- like, like what's the motions of the testing? Do you guys go through five, six, seven tires? Like what what's a testing day like for you? And what's what makes you guys say, hey, like we need to do this many days of testing or we need to try this tire and this tire. like give us a kind of like a rundown of what what a test i guess what a test would be like for you guys for sure um test we start uh you know weather providing early in the morning uh let the rider go out get warmed up and we keep them on whatever they've been running up to that point okay. um go out and ride you know, let's get you comfortable, let's get you warmed up, and then we'll start changing things around. Uh, from there, personally, I like to change just one tire at a time. Okay. So the rider can focus solely on the one difference. That makes Let sense. Let him yeah, go change out. a front or change a rear and say, okay, now right. go ride like nothing's changed and see if you can feel anything different. Exactly. Come back, give me some feedback. Yep. All right, let's, let's flip that around go out, same thing, give me some feedback. Yeah. And then work with the rider from there, whether their comfort levels, what questions, uh, and then make more deviations from that point until at the end of the day, you're on a set of Pirellis, and that's where you're comfortable at, um, you know, looking at air pressures and yeah, rider so, setup. Yep, I was going to say, like, what's a, what's a normal air pressure for you guys, like 13 and a half? So with this is a, I'm glad you asked that because with Pirelli, our pressures are higher than our competition. Okay. Uh, we, we recommend 14 PSI front and rear. Okay. That's good to know. Uh, Cause I'm like, a, I think I've been running like 12, eight to 13, one and almost everywhere I go. I have heard of riders depending on their, is it a 450? Is it a 250? Yeah. Um, you know, the taller rider, shorter rider. Riders will fluctuate, but we recommend 14 PSI in the front, 14 PSI in the rear. I'm going to try that. Um, that that's what's going to allow the knobs to properly do their job. Okay. That's good to know. That's actually really good. Because we went to a place called Sand Mountain, and the, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in the front on one of the tracks. And then mm-hmm. the other track, it was fine, but it was a little harder packed. Um, and I think I was running like, 13.4 or 13.3 or something like that. It was low 13s for sure. And I forgot the air pump, so I didn't change it. But I'll have to try 14s and see how I like them. Yeah, especially in the front. Keep it 14. Okay. There you go. A little insider knowledge for you guys. Learn something new every day. Um, who's a really good test rider? I'll tell you what. Uh, Brayton has been a fantastic test rider. Okay, uh, I bet. I, I bet he's pretty cool to work with. <laughs> he, he, Brayton's a stand-up guy. I mean, just gentleman to the T, uh, to the point. So uh, there's no guessing. Yep. 
Now he goes out, writes something, comes back, gives me feedback, and it's just spot on. I mean, it just goes to show his experience and maturity uh, as a writer uh, and in the sport. Yeah, and he's living in North Carolina, running his. De- he's not running, but he's you know he's got he's invested in a dealership. What mm-hmm. what about the JGR test track? Did that stick around? Did somebody buy that, or do you know anything about that, or is that kind of just going away? Uh, I honestly have not heard uh, okay. what's going on up there. Okay, I forgot to ask J Bone to see what they're going to do because I've I've heard nothing but good things about that facility. Like their outdoor tracks really good, their supercross tracks really good. So probably just need it to is. buy it and use it as a test facility. <laughs> I, I tell you what if that day comes you can be assured that i will be living up there <laughs> that would be i i'm not bullish like we drove through greenville this weekend um and i could see myself leaving in greenville i love my job in nashville though so i'll probably never leave but if anything ever happened and i had to go somewhere greenville in south carolina is pretty rad like it's really pretty and it seems like a, it's almost reminds me a little like boise a little bit Mm-hmm. it's pretty, pretty yeah it's pretty neat it's and a cool a, town. I, go ahead. I was going to say, I think you got a little competition uh, that would your uh, your coworker there that would stop you from taking that. Who? DJ. Oh yeah, like I would. Yeah, I would. I would have to like go to a, Yeah, there's no way DJ crushes it. Like I said, it would have to be like for me. Like something would happen to happen to me. Like you know what I mean. Like, but like I said, I don't see myself ever leaving. Like I got rad dealers. I love my job. So. Um, but I'm just saying, if anything ever, if the opportunity got to go to Greenville, whew, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm staying here. I, I'm not moving my wife again, dude. She'll kill me. She, like she will kill me. California to Indiana, now to Nashville. Ooh, yeah, we're staying. We bought a house. We're good. Um, nice. but for testing wise, like I said, you got Brayton and, and whatnot, but do you think that like, Teams nowadays, what what do you think is the biggest misconsumption about your guys' tires? Like, what do you think draws people to go to other brands? Is, I it, think, confusion? Uh, is it confusion? Is it marketing? Like, what do you feel? What do you think it is? I think you nailed it with both of those. One is um, the marketing from our competitors that has, uh, again, just done a great job of making people believe that our competitors are uh, the way to go. And then two is, uh, just a, we'll call it a lack of information. Um, you know, not knowing or not having a Pirelli individual tell them that, you know, this is the exact same thing. The pros run, Hey, you need to have 14 PSI front and rear. Um, when it says mid soft or mid hard, that means run it in the mid hard terrain or a mid soft terrain that it has nothing to do with the, uh, the tread talk. Right. Yeah. It's so just of, little things like that, getting the information to, to the end user. Okay. Yeah. Just getting more people informed. Um, it seems like nowadays the world likes videos, um, video content's so hard to come by, but I think the more, I think your guys' social media is on the right track. You guys are doing a really good job with stories and content and everything. So I really enjoy seeing that stuff. And I think more people see that and get more engaged. Like I, like I said, there was a post the other day where people were talking about Dunlops and Pirellis and the comments, people were really like <laughs> pushing the brand Pirelli. Like, Hey, no, this is a really good tire. Um, so it was cool to see that. And I think that's just going to just go up from here. Um, I don't see it slowing down at all. 
I, I agree a hundred percent. And it's those, again, it's, uh, I can say it till I'm blue in the face and I can tell you there would be a lot of people out there that would still look at me and say, no, that's not, that's not true. You know, you guys use spec tires, which is not true. But if their buddy at the track is telling them and, you know, their friend is riding Pirelli's instead of something else, it's, that's what's going to change uh, getting more riders onto our product. Yeah, the only spec tires you guys had was those dang yellow ones. Like, I yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> I remember when those came out, like for Supercross, it was 16 or 15 or whatever it was. And that was like, what? Everybody was like, holy crap. Like, that shocked you. And it's like, nobody saw that coming. <laughs> Just straight yellow tires. Hey, man. Got to make sure people see us. Hey, I, I'm not hating on it. I want, I wish I had a set. Honestly, <laughs> they'd go to my office. I'm, I'm, I'm weird about that LE stuff, like limited edition, unobtainium stuff. I like that. I like that stuff. So. Absolutely. That's why I've got your jersey on the wall right now. Hey, whoa, whoa. Don't tell it. People are going to send you a, a DM saying, what the heck you have that up there for? <laughs> I hope you I hope you didn't put me next to Connor Olsen, though. I hope you didn't put me next to that guy. But, yeah, but I started to put him up that way, and there was a lot of slapping going on, so I had to separate him. Yeah, I would imagine. You got to put that guy in a corner. <laughs> put him in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> put baby in the corner <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um but before i let you go again like i said we have the scott's sports usa on board with us their goggles are made in the usa um make sure to check them out guys widest field of vision in the in the industry 50 millimeters light sensitive lens is amazing um if you haven't got it yet get the 30 year anniversary scott prospect goggle it's amazing it looks cool but for you nick um, the Scott subject, I didn't, wasn't able to get any comments. We're still trying to grow this segment, but for you, what do you think is going to happen in, in five years for our industry? Do you feel Pirelli and not even me, not even Pirelli, but do you feel Supercross is going to get bigger than motocross? Do you think there's going to be more rounds of Supercross or do you think that Pirelli becomes more of a staple in Supercross? Like what, what would you say in a perfect world Where would you want Pirelli to be in the next five years? Uh, perfect world. I want to have, uh, for sure, more of the paddock, more of the top teams, um, and be able to go out every weekend, uh, at Supercross and Motocross and put on a great show, continue to prove to, uh, people the quality of Pirelli, how good the tire is, um, and win legitimately against our competitors yeah. you know i i love going to the races and having you know pirelli there as well as our competitors because if we're not you know if our competitors aren't there then we're not only first place but we're last place as well right so i want our competitors there so that when we're first place we're first place yeah yeah i mean that's i mean i get what you're saying like for me as an industry guy that makes perfect sense. And for somebody that's listening, they might say, Hey, like that, what, that doesn't make any sense. But like, we even do that at fly. Like we don't tell dealers like not to bring in another brand, like, because we want them to, to give their consumer the, the choice. Like we want to mm-hmm. be next to the Fox. We want to next be next to the Alpine star because we want to provide a service and a brand where people pick us and they want us in the store. Um, it's just, it's competition, right? You want to, you want to be competitive and we want to be able to, put our brand on the wall next to the other brands and our stuff sell out better than the other brands. 
Um, and that's exactly. I would say that would go for Pirelli too. You want to, you know, if you sell a hundred tires, do seventy five this brand, twenty five of this brand, or whatever. You know, fifty fifty, however you want to do it. But let the mm-hmm. consumer choose, and you know, all you can do is make sure you're providing the best best service, best marketing. And you're the best product you can for that end consumer, for sure. So I I agree with what you're saying because, like I said, we do the same thing in the in the apparel world. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you go out and you've got a track in your backyard, and you're the only person on the track racing, did you really win? Right. Yeah. But you want it want it live because you have all your favorite stuff on. You know what I mean? Like you. you <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Like all I care about is looking good. I want to make sure my bikes look good. I want to make sure my gear looks good. And I think a lot of people are, I mean, you still have your hardcore racers, but let's be real. If you ain't getting likes on IG, you ain't doing it right. That's all people care about nowadays. You got to make sure you have the best lit kit, best looking yep. graphics. Like, so that's why you just need to come out with the Pirellis with the stickers already on them, Nick. Just, just sell it with the already with the Pirelli <laughs> stickers on them. Just, that way, I would love to do that. That way I don't have then, to put them on and they peel off after one ride because I suck at putting them on. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the prep work. You got to make sure you got a good, yeah, clean I, surface. I know. I suck. I rushed it. I rushed it. It, looks, <laughs> it looked good, though, for the photos. And then, yeah, it was over after that. Well, that's just it. You got to get the photos once everything's pretty before you go on track and then make sure Connor's got the camera to get a couple of the action shots of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Connor, you need to get pictures of me. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nick, again, I can't, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate you making time for us. Um, before I let you go, is there anything else you want to say or tell the people why they should buy Pro? Like, what's on your mind before I let you go? You got anything? Um, again, I just, I greatly appreciate you having me on here today. Of course, um, it's really exciting to. Uh, I mean, we're obviously making enough enough noise and getting the results in Supercross that you've invited me here. And uh, just everybody listening, again, I can't say it enough. We race what we sell. This is not a a name on a tire that's the you know the same as a prototype. No, there there's no prototypes. No gimmick. We exactly. Yep, you when you buy a Pirelli, you buy the same thing the pros run all day, every day. Yeah, totally. And again, guys, give your local dealer a shot. Like I said, if they can't get it for you, they can they can drop ship it straight to your house. Um, so yep. and Pirelli has a really cool thing called map policy on their tires, so the dealer can compete with the online retailer and give you the same price because Pirelli doesn't allow their tires to be discounted online any deeper than what the dealer can sell them for. So. Make sure if you're buying new tires. Oh, and the other thing we didn't talk about too, Pirelli offers bibs. So any Woods riders, if you guys are listening to the show, Pirelli bibs. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, hang on. They're, they're Pirelli, Pirelli moose. Moose. Okay. We we don't call them that B thing. Oh, sorry, sorry, my bad. That's that big. <laughs> that's that big fat guy. <laughs> and to that note, I'm glad you brought that brought that up. Uh, you know, our moose are very very light. Okay. And they they last longer than any other moose on the market. Really? Yes. That's awesome. I know a team that's testing them right now, and I've heard nothing but mm-hmm. good things. Awesome. So awesome. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Um, real quick, we'll touch on. There was a pro team uh, that we worked with, and they used a you know a, a factory wheel. Okay. They put a tube in there with a 
uh, one of our competitors spec tires and weighed it. And then they took the same wheel, put the Pirelli Moose and the 120-80-19 MX-32 mid-soft Pirelli mm-hmm. on that wheel. Uh, again, both the Moose and the tire, you can go to your dealer, any dealer, and uh, and get it from them. Order it. They can get it for you. Our setup with the Pirelli Moose and our 120-80-19 weighed less than the our competitor spec tire with a tube. No way. Yes. And if people, if you don't realize this, mooses are usually pretty heavy. They are mm-hmm. usually a pain in the butt to put in, and they are not light. So there you go. There's the facts, people. Um, if you're into mooses, get a moose and a Pirelli tire, and your life will be a lot easier, and you won't have to buy titanium. <laughs> That's exactly right. Hey, and if... <laughs> Anybody has any questions, if you come to the races, come by the Pirelli truck, ask for Nick. Uh, I'll gladly talk to you. I love seeing everybody. I love people coming out and uh, and asking and wanting to learn more about Pirelli. Yeah, totally. And again, guys, check them out at Pirelli MX on um, Instagram. So check them out. And then if you have any questions, you can also slide into our DMs at Moto Spot Show. We can try to help you out or we'll just copy paste it into Nick and then he can answer and then we'll send it back to you. Uh, absolutely <laughs> but uh, again nick i can't thank you enough um really appreciate the time and uh we will see you maybe in indy absolutely i'll be there awesome buddy well thank you again and uh there you go guys episode 14 that's a wrap thank you everybody uh again thanks to our sponsor spot network tv works connection bell ray motion pro and scott goggles check them out see you guys <laughs>